the pursuit of, of excellence is something we're all striving towards. I want you to focus on what you do best. You need to have an approval. How many approvals? What are the steps? It's really about listening. If it's not documented, it's, it's not done. Thanks for tuning into In Systems We Trust, the show where we dive into all things systems and processes and hear from the professionals that are using them to change the landscape of their organizations every day. Today, I'm talking with Mania Horner, an ex-corporate learning and experience designer who is a trusted advisor to companies and big-hearted entrepreneurs looking to make a difference and grow. With her own process, she enables service-based entrepreneurs to boost their growth by solving their customer needs with training and non-training plans and the tools they need to get there. Welcome to the show, Mania. So good to have you here. How's your day going? Hi, thank you so much for having me on your show. My day is going so well, and I'm just really excited because this is my first podcast. Um, so I'm really glad that you've asked me here today. This is your first. So hopefully it's a good one that I, I have a good feeling we're going to have a great conversation today. Um, so that's awesome. And thanks again for coming on. So you're currently an advisor to entrepreneurs at Boost LD. Um, you know, what industry would you say that you fall into and, and what does your organization do? If you can just give us some background there so we can kind of understand where you're coming from. Well, the industry that I fall in is broadly speaking, learning and development, which is starting to evolve as an industry. It's actually so exciting because I'm taking my background in marketing and my experience in learning, and I'm using both of them to help drive performance for corporations as well as smaller businesses, service-based entrepreneurs, coaches, and consultants. Okay. Um, ultimately, I help solve problems and I help improve the human performance and help to change behavior for people, whether that be your own employees or your customers. Okay. Are there any industries that you do lean towards or are you, you know, generally providing these services across the board? Um, have you niched down yet or are you still pretty, pretty broad in the service offering? I'm still pretty broad in the service offering. I have clients that are in a range of industries. And I think that's the beauty of what I do is people are people and they need to be doing something different. They need to learn new skills. They need to change behaviors. And that's regardless of industry. So I've experienced both in banking, working with pharmaceuticals, wellness companies, safety, you name it. I've actually uh, worked with a lot of different industries. Okay, perfect. And so how long have you been there? How long have you been doing that in that space? Maybe just give us some more info on your, your professional background as well. So I actually started as a violin teacher at the beginning of my teaching career, and I have an education background for teaching high school. I kind of moved into the adult learning space when I was a senior learning designer and learning consultant for BMO Bank of Montreal. And I spent uh, a number of years there really working within that corporate setting, creating huge programs um, in the training space for banking. Um, since then, I've been a freelance instructional designer and also a consultant to help smaller businesses with their strategies. Um, and I'm just looking now at creating um, something a little different as I move forward, which is integrating marketing and learning as more learning campaigns. So it's starting to evolve into more of a niche um, as I 
understand what the future of learning looks like. Okay. And, and so, so what does your role look like then, you know, on a day-to-day? Can you kind of walk us through what, you know, a typical week looks like for you? And then I definitely want to dive more into the, this new offering and where things are going with that. Well, a typical day for an entrepreneur looks pretty random. Um, I don't know if you can relate to that. And especially right now with, um, you know, sometimes kids being at home, uh, et cetera, you end up with a different day every day. And I feel like just being flexible and adaptable right now is the name of the game. But a typical day, or let's just say a typical week, looks like me working in time blocks. I spend a lot of time at my computer because I'm often designing, uh, creating, or developing uh, on web platforms for my clients. I'm hosting meetings with clients, you know, answering emails, working with my team. Uh, I have three individuals who work with me on a contract basis. And we just are creating content for our audience, for our learner, social media, and then all the other stuff, you know, bookkeeping and backend web development. So it feels like a jack of all trades most weeks. Sure. Yeah, definitely. I I, I hear that. I mean, uh, as we're kind of recording right now, I have my, my two kids are just, you know, in the next room, they have their little iPads going on. So I'm hoping that they, you know, kind of stay there. So yeah, I, I think flexibility is definitely the name of the game. Um, but I, I know with systems, you know, we try our best to kind of keep things aligned and we're obviously constantly improving those things over time. And so you, you mentioned, you know, you have three um, contract workers that, you know, kind of help you with the majority of your of your client work. So what is the evolution uh, of, you know, the company looked like from, you know, being on your own to bringing in contractors? Have you always had systems and SOPs kind of laid out for them? Did you get caught like a lot of entrepreneurs do and, you know, um, businesses do and in, in trying to catch up and create those? You know, what did that rollout look like as you were bringing people on? And, you know, what does the process look like for, you know, reviewing those SOPs and then making improvements to them as well? Well, that's a great question. And I would love to say that I'm fabulous and amazing and I had everything all set out before I hired these folk, but that would not be true. Um, I have had to do some of these uh, internal systems a little bit reactively. And I've relied actually on the feedback and the input from the people that I've hired to be able to create those. So I actually brought in um, an individual who helped me set up our internal system in Notion. So he helped set up um, our our workspace, um, create all of our tasks by project. He set up um, our contract payroll uh, tracking using Toggle. Um, Uh, He set up areas for us to document and just keep the project really well planned. So I really appreciated that input. um, And that was a collaborative approach. So I have to say, because Boost is a new business, a lot of the processes had to be created sort of as I went in this past year. Um, And I'm not exactly where I want to be, but um, I think that the foundation that's been laid is really solid. When it comes to reviewing, we try to keep 
a really transparent line of communication going between myself and the people that I have working with me. I am very, very honest with them. I ask them to be very candid with me because if something's not working, I want to know what that is so that we can just keep fixing. I know that you can't get everything right the first time and iteration is really important, even within the systems in your own business. You can't stay stagnant. You have to keep making improvements. Um, actually, even, even with my client projects, we have workspaces with Notion and we try to stick with it. Sometimes it doesn't always work and we have to backfill you know, content and data, but um, we're going to be having a post-implementation meeting with, with the most recent project and something like that is really important for me to collect feedback, to find out what worked well, where we had some inefficiencies in our communication, inefficiencies in documentation throughout the project. So I would say to, to bottom line this question, um, it's really about those feedback loops. I like to hear from both the people I work with and my clients what we can be doing to make things more efficient. Um, so in a nutshell, it's yeah. all about that feedback and iteration uh, loop. Yeah, that's great. I, I love that, including, you know, the team. And so when it comes to creating them, like uh, I heard you said that, you know, some of it came from you and you're constantly, you know, you know, having these iterations and um, some of them were created by another team member. So would you say that there's one person on your team that really champions the creation of these SOPs um, that you're putting into Notion? Um, is, is it you passing things down, you know, what does that really look like? I would say that I sort of crave the organization and crave the systems. And then I, I have this one particular team member who is great at recognizing where we also need to get some organization. And then he sort of says, okay, we, we need to do this. And usually as long as we both agree on the outcome, I give him free reign to, um, to get started and to craft something that we can test out. I am a firm believer in working with people who are better than me in their area of expertise or in their, in their strength area. So in particular, I like to reach out to people who are even more organized, you know, think systems even better than I do. And I don't feel like I need to control that too heavily. If, if our outcome is what we want and it works, then I'm happy to delegate that because there's so many aspects of running a business and you can't hang on to all of them yourself if you want to be able to grow. You have to release some of that control where you can. That's right. I love that. And I, I believe it was Steve Jobs that said, and I'm going to paraphrase this, but, you know, we don't hire people to tell them what to do. We hire smart people, right? And, and we follow, you know, their processes. And so, yeah, we're, we're definitely firm believers of hiring people that are better than you, smarter than you and experts or, you know, subject matter experts in their fields. So, yeah, I, I definitely think you're, you're on the right, the right track there. Yeah, okay, currently, sorry, currently I'm working with three younger people. Um, they're fresh out of school, still in school, uh, really global-minded um, young adults. And I love that perspective as well, because to be honest, they are even more ahead of the technology curve than I am. Uh, so why wouldn't I listen to them? It's just fabulous. I love having their input on, on projects because they bring a perspective that sometimes I'm not even aware of. Yeah. I, I love your approach to that. I, I, I love your thinking and open-mindedness as well. Mm -hmm. um, and so there's this 
thing, you know, it, 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 it may be, you know, not as well known to others, but there's this issue um, in organizations, you know, when it comes to doing, and I'm, and I'm doing air quotes, you know, work about work, right? It, it, it's all the in-between stuff, you know, how, how does that translate in your organization and how do you eliminate that, you know, with your team? That is such a great question. And it's something that is often top of mind because I hate this idea of turning around, just, you know, doing stuff that's not necessarily directed at income producing activities. And I know that you have to fill in the gaps administratively. So I've just started working with a grid and this grid breaks down all of our tasks into a quadrant with income producing and super awesome fun all the way over to not income producing and a pain in the butt to do. And so I work within this quadrant and I try to put the tasks into these buckets. And if there's something that is not income producing and it's annoying, we try to get rid of that clutter. So I think we're starting to, as a team, um, take a pause, reflect a little bit and see where we might be churning our wheels. And this is just great to help bring awareness to some of the areas where there is systems inefficiencies. And I know I'm going to keep using this and adopting it as, as I grow in my business and as I scale, because the more that I can cut that clutter, the better. Sometimes we're just we just churn around, you know, in a, mm. in a process and we could cut that time immensely if we paid attention. So I do a fair bit of self-reflection. I probably should do it more often, maybe weekly, but um, at this point I'm doing it sort of at big milestones with client projects because there's always something where I look back and go, Oh, I wish we had done that differently because I feel like we wasted a lot of hours, you know, working out something when if I had a process or a system, I could have made it a lot more efficient. Okay. So we try and I do uh, self-reflect. I think we have to do that in order to, to critically think about the areas that we could do better. Okay. And so all, all of that's happening in, in Notion. So have you created, um, you know, kind of a workspace where you would have your task board or, or that grid that you talked about? And is that your single source of truth for your team? Or is that organization of tasks, responsibilities, things that you're getting rid of, is, is that being housed elsewhere? And then you're keeping, say, your knowledge base and your SLPs in Notion? Whoa. Yeah. Um, so it sounds like I need to hire you because right now that grid is in a notebook. <laughs> I do tend to be a bit of a pen and paper person when I need to hash out something. I've got all these horrible pieces of paper floating on my desk. I'm not always digital. Often I have to start with a pen and paper. Maybe I'm just old fashioned and you know it just helps me creatively think. But we do... I do transfer into Notion and we are documenting regularly in Notion so that it is, you know, contained somewhere. But usually that um, identifying clutter or self-reflection is happening just in my notebook, but I probably should move it to Notion. <laughs> okay. Yeah. I think when it comes to aligning the team, you know, yeah. that, that is huge. I mean, we all have our, our own things 
as I'm speaking right now, my partner, he, he's the exact same way. Um, he has, you know, his yellow legal, which he'll take all his notes on and, you know, pass it around. And then we're having these meetings and we're back and forth and I'm looking at his piece of paper. And I'm like, is, is this in a sauna? <laughs> have we, have we moved this over yet? And so I, I think that's a, that's a struggler or, or something that we kind of go through at all levels of organizations as well. Um, can we talk a bit more specifics here? So, so you're working with entrepreneurs, you're working with, um, you know, um, these organizations, you know, what does it look like when you're, you're setting up a, a project? Like, do you have phases? Are you including the clients in, in that project management as well? Like, what does that look like? What specific deliverables do you have SOPs for when it comes to working with those people? Can you just walk us through what that, again, project setup looks like? How are you managing the clients and how are you kind of keeping everything above board and everyone on, on the same page there? Okay, so I always set up a project. So Notion is new for our team um, as of this summer. So we have set up a couple of clients uh, so far. And what we did was created a new workspace for them with the task-based project plan, which had our milestones and had our individual tasks based on the project phases. We set up our weekly recurring meetings with uh, our our touch bases and our um, status updates. I always keep a running status update document that's visible for everybody to see. We flag and track what's happening this week, any decisions that we require, any risks that we can foresee, anything that's coming up in the following week. And we review that at our client meetings, which happen weekly. Um, this last project that I work with had five key stakeholders. So it was actually a more complicated project to work through because of the number of people involved. So with this particular one, we had a clear responsibility discussion at the very beginning of the project to decide, you know, just your standard project racy, who's responsible, who's accountable, who's communication only, who's inform only. And we just made sure that everybody was clear on thinking through and deciding, did they just want to be told what was happening? Or do they need to be in the loop? Who's ultimately responsible for decisions? Because you can't have four people or five people, you know, being the last decision maker. So we we do discuss that. Um, we actually ended up going to um, a text-based regular line of communication. So we we ended up just doing, having a group chat for the project so we could voice note each other whenever needed. That was actually quite helpful. And we created um, a Google Drive. So this was where we um, stored a lot of our data and that was owned by the client. So that's in there on their end. Um, this was new for them. They hadn't actually incorporated some of these systems for themselves because we were doing a full digital transformation for this last client. So I'm just using them as an example here because it's top of mind. Um, but essentially, yeah, we just create a place for all the documents and data to be stored. We create that project plan. We create a communication channel and we discuss responsibilities and accountabilities and how we're going to keep everybody in the loop. Um, we also create surveys when need be. So if we need to collect feedback um, in any broader sense, I like to do that so we can look at information. Um, I like to have milestone 
meetings so that, you know, along the way we check in. And at the end, we have this post-implementation review just to see, you know, what could we have done better, what went really well. And that seems to be working. I think there's some areas where we can do better, um, certainly in review cycles. I think that's always an area where, you know, ultimately we'd like to have one, maybe two maximum review cycles. And sometimes it gets a little bit longer than that. So I would say that's always an area where I like to make improvements and I still have to think about how I can do that going forward to the next project. But in a fairly big nutshell, that's what we do. Okay. And and in terms of, you know, making those systems improvements, is it a, a matter for you of knowing what they are and what you need to do and, you know, not having the capacity or it not being a priority, or is it you're still trying to figure out, you know, the best approaches or the techniques to use to make those systems improvements? I believe I know what should be done. I mean, I have a ton of experience with this, especially in corporate. That was always a corporate issue as well. Um, I believe a lot of times, uh, specifically with regards to review cycles, it's about setting clearer boundaries with clients and possibly getting better sign off along the way. So it might be a little bit of both. It might be a bit of not making the time to make those improvements because you just end up rolling right into the next project and, you know, you sort of put some of those systems on the back burner. It's definitely something that I know would make business work better if I was to take the time to do it. So It would also be amazing to brainstorm with somebody who is a systems person um, and even, you know, stronger at creating smoother processes and finding those hiccups. So, you know, in reflection, I think it probably would be helpful to have a little bit of guidance in that or just some, you know, brainstorming um, and then actually take the time to implement that and set some clear boundaries with regards to client review cycles. Okay. And historically, just like a follow-up to that, um, how would you go about implementing those changes? Like, I I know for myself, a lot of the times I need to block off like a full day where it's in Slack, I'm not available, I'm pausing all notifications in Asana, I'm not reachable, right? Phone is on do not disturb. And then other times it's been, I'm going away for a day and I sit, you know, in a restaurant and I look at the water and I just have my pad and pen and I'm working through what the systems improvement needs to look like. Um, We're actually working on, you know, bringing the team together at this, at this point to, you know, better define some of our project templates um, and the SOPs needed to walk through a lot of the processes we do all the time. So for us, it's been a real mix of, you know, myself or my partner saying, this is what it is, we're passing it down and then getting the team involved. So for you, historically, what does it look like um, as far as process when it, when it comes down to, you know, updating your systems or um, the processes that you use every single day? Um, you just painted such a nice picture. I was imagining myself getting away for a whole day with no interruptions. And um, I think you're absolutely right about the necessity of taking that time to do that. Often it feels like you can be just putting out fires and being very reactive. And historically, if I'm being honest, a lot of it is being reactive and just quickly kind of patching up systems and going, okay, next time we shouldn't do this anymore. You know, that was annoying. Let's do that differently going forward. But it would feel amazing to be able to 
actually proactively take that time and make some improvements. And I think that can be done, you know, when you have a little bit of a gap between between projects, I think it gives you um, the mental headspace to be able to do that reflection while it's still really fresh and then make those changes right away. It's definitely something that I'm going to be doing in actually the upcoming weeks as we've just launched this last client project. We're having our launch party tonight. Mm. Um, by the time this airs, it might be a little bit old information, but um, I look forward to taking that time to actually reflect with my team because I see the value in us doing it as a team. Um and I like to make the space so that everybody can be really candid about what didn't work. I don't get offended. I really don't. It's not worth it. I just love when people can pick apart what wasn't working and we can make things better. I love it. Yeah. Some people, you know, keep those systems you know, really close. And we talked about the champion earlier, but in often cases, you know, it's this, you know, person at the head and they have this, you know, tribal knowledge and, and they want to keep it all. They want to be the owner of it. They want to be the definer of those processes and they don't include other people. So yeah, I think it's, it's very important to, you know, really include the team and to get that feedback because at the end of the day, those are the people that are following the processes you put in place, but they need to be comfortable, happy, understand the processes and feel like they're a part of, you know, um, that creation and the, the further development of uh, those processes as well. You've got it. And I remember working in corporate, you know, huge company and thinking, okay, I'm working with these documents every day. They're defining how my work feels every day. I should be able to impact how these go. And I remember not feeling at the time, this is, you know, 10 years ago, 10 plus years ago, like I had the, the ability to impact that as a, you know, quote unquote, frontline worker. Um, so I still remember that feeling and I like to encourage people I'm working with to speak up so that we don't, we don't have to feel like that because let's face it, you can't do all the things, especially as an entrepreneur. And I think it's really, um, it's really limiting if you try to hold on to everything. You're absolutely right. Um, so I'm, I'm thinking more about team, you know, and how you're staying organized and, and aligned with them. You have some, some contract workers, like you said. Um, and for us, we have, we've always been remote. Um, and so we have, you know, teams spread across um, like New Zealand and Hawaii and parts of the States and, you know, Canada. And so I, I think the last time I checked, we have, you know, um, team members that are displaced across you know, four different time zones. And so, you know, it, it becomes a bit, you know, messy at, at times. Um, but what, what systems would you say that you have in place, you know, specifically to manage um, and, you know, stay organized and aligned with your team? Are there any things you have in place for the distance work, the remote work? And, you know, what does that really look like? I would, yeah, I would echo what you said about having people spread all around. During, during this summer of under, with the pandemic, my team was located in Egypt, Hungary, Brazil, and Toronto time zones. So we were dealing with, you know, like you say, a lot of time zones. And we did try to keep regular Zoom contact because I think that's important. Also, though, regular communication on our on our chats. And some of the some of the things that we just really 
did was to create some workflows in Notion. So time tracking was really great for that transparency. I don't expect people to track every minute, but what we found helpful was it just gave us that data that we needed to be able to, for me to be able to quote projects more effectively going forward. This is actually my first time hiring a team like this. I've never done this before. So for me, it was just helpful to know how much time is it taking people to do the tasks? You know, we all work at different paces. Um, so we were using the toggle integration. So that was, that was helpful. Um, we're also using systems to track payroll and to pay um, contracts Um obviously to keep all of our legal stuff um, available for everybody. So we created individual workspaces and dashboards that were um, private or just um, shared between each individual team member and myself. We had our weekly and regular touch points. We documented as much as we could. You know, we tag each other every time we want somebody to pay attention to something. We have those feedback loops. So we check in to see what's working, what's not. Um, and then, you know, with individual components. So for example, with a copywriter and social media team, we create that workflow, we assign it. So we know at which stage of the process they require me. Cause I think that can be the biggest hindrance is I can be a roadblock sometimes because my input is required in so many parts of the project and so many parts of the business as the, you know, the the holder of intellectual property right. <laughs> and ideas, right? So I often found that I could be a roadblock. You know, they'd be waiting on me for content. And um, I'm still trying to figure out how to make that improvement going forward because I wish I could clone myself. Um, but I just kept saying to them, you know, you don't let me be the roadblock. Let me know what you need. Tell me specifically what you need from me so that uh, we can keep things moving smoothly. So it was just a lot of communication working with a remote team. I don't like when too much time goes by without us touching base because not that I'm micromanaging, but I think it just gives us an opportunity to go, okay, where are we at today? What are we doing? What are we accomplishing? What do you need me for? What do you need from me? Uh, And keeping the communication close. I think it helps everybody. Yeah. That that sounds so familiar um, Mm -hmm. when you said that, you know, you're, kind of that roadblock and it happens all the time. And um, if you go to our, our website, thinkditto.com, you know, you'll see at the top in the, in the hero, it says duplicate yourself, right? Mm-hmm. Like, I, I think that's what we're, that's what we're essentially doing when we're creating those systems. It's, you know, creating another version of yourself that is digital is constantly um, being updated. That's available to everyone to answer those questions, right? I think that's what it really comes down to is you taking all that stuff that is in your head, all that you know, um, all that you've learned, all that you are constantly acquiring as far as knowledge goes um, and putting it in a place where people can constantly refer back to where they don't have to be knocking on your door or, you know, getting on a call with you or whatever the case may be. So Um, Well, it sounds like, it sounds like we need to talk more than I thought, because literally that sounds amazing. I need to figure out how I can be less of a roadblock and I'm constantly learning, researching, you know, coming up with these ideas, because that's my strength is the big picture, the strategic thinking, the vision. And um, everybody on my team is, is there along for the ride because they believe in the vision, but it's just a matter of me getting all that written word um, 
down and off of my scratch pads and notebooks and into something for them to be able to access. That's right. Love it. Um, just as we kind of wrap up here, um, always love to ask, you know, what does your, your tech stack look like? You know, how are you getting through the day and week? You know, obviously we have notion there. Um, I think I heard like Google drive, what else are you using in your day to day to, to stay organized as far as tech tools go? Okay. Um, I feel like it's probably minimal. I get overwhelmed with too many things. So I like to try to keep stuff in, in the same place as much as possible. So that is not a bad thing. That Um, is not a bad thing at all. You know, zoom, we use zoom, obviously, uh, it integrates with our, with our Google. So, you know, our, just our email, our drive and our schedule. And, um, we don't use Slack at the moment. Um, probably should, but we've just been using no, uh, sorry, signal, you know, just a third party messaging app. Um, and we just have group chats there and individual chats. We send voice notes. I'm trying to think of what else are we using? Um, the platforms in Kajabi, that's what I use for my website and for hosting all of my programs and courses. So we all have access to that and we use Planoly for social media and, I believe, I think that's it. Okay. Yeah. And then notion obviously is the, is the, is the core of keeping us organized. Keeping it tight. Yeah. There's nothing wrong with that. I mean, one of the the big problems that I find when we're doing, um, you know, assessments is that there are so many tools being used um, in or underutilized. Right. And so mm-hmm. I think the fact that you, you know, reduce them down to the core of what you need to run your business. I don't think there's anything wrong with that at all. Awesome. So, um, Manya, where, where can people, you know, um, connect with you? Where can they keep up, um, know what's going on in, y- in your world? Yeah, well, I am becoming more active on LinkedIn. I feel like it's a great place to be able to connect with our um, professional friends and and colleagues. So if you can find me on LinkedIn uh, at Manya Horner and also on Instagram at BoostLD. And my website, I am keeping that current and trying to speak to my audience more through email. So if you'd like to check that out, stay in touch by subscribing at BoostLD.com. Perfect. And you've just released a new course, correct? Where, where you're making it available to entrepreneurs to help, you know, build their systems around people as well. Can you just give us a, a, a brief breakdown on what that looks like? Yes. Thank you. I am piloting my brand new program with a group of coaches and consultants, and it is amazing. So this program is content to be able to teach you my methodology for assessing your idea and the needs of your learner, starting from, I have an expertise in something and an idea, and I want to be able to create some sort of a program or design a program that's going to directly affect business results for my learner. So it's a way to systematically create your own learning program or your own learning campaign. And I'm really excited about this because it's just going to be become the, a backbone for a lot of coaches and consultants to create something that they know is going to get results. And this is based on my own method and tools that I use with my clients. So I'm essentially passing that baton onto others so they can use this same process and system to create unlimited programs and courses for their own audience. Amazing. 
So you heard it there. Um, be sure to be in touch with Mania on LinkedIn, Instagram, or at Boost LD and check out her course there. I want to thank you so much for coming on the show today, Mania. Uh, it was really good getting to connect and, you know, just talk through a lot of the things that, uh, you know, are important to organizations. So thanks again, and we'll connect on the other side. Talk thanks to you for having me and have a great day. All right. Bye for now. Bye. If you like what you heard today, please like, subscribe, and follow on your preferred channel. If you know of a friend or colleague that would benefit from hearing this conversation, please share it with them so that we can reach more listeners just like you. As always, all the links from today's talk will be in the show notes. And remember, if it isn't documented, it didn't happen. We'll see you next time.